Hello again and welcome to the Final Phase Podcast. It's been a strange week over here. I've been definitely playing too much World of Warcraft. So in order to battle this addiction, I've thrown myself into recording this podcast. In this episode, we're going to go over something that you probably won't find in too many other places. We'll be talking about what goes on in LAN tournaments. Not about actual games, but everything else from travel, hotel, the food, and the good, the bad, and the ugly. Our guest today is Liquid Jeems, who has been in almost every PUBG uh, LAN event. So who better to talk to than him? Let's jump right in. So here we go. We got Jeems here. Jeems, how you doing? I'm doing good. I just finished my stream. I've been uh, grinding Classic WoW today because it's my off day. You, so you stream Classic today? Yeah, I actually streamed it a little bit for like four or five hours. Nice. What level are you? Uh, almost level 10. Okay, that's good. First day. Wait, have you played WoW before? Yeah, I've actually played a, a lot of WoW. Not Classic, but from TBC and up from there. Yeah, that's, that's really cool. Alright, so you've been a professional player in PUBG for quite some time now. Uh, what about two years now, approximately? Yeah, so, yeah um, something like that. Yeah, so since today we want to talk about LAN events and the experience uh, of those LAN events from a pro player perspective, um, how many big LAN events, international LAN events, have you been to in the last two years? Like, if you consider... Um all the phases in the pro league it's like 15 or 16 land events over two years um one of them was like the abayok lando the polaris one mm-hmm. you bring your own pc and stuff so it's a little bit different but yeah like 15 or 16. wow that's really a lot when you think about it in all the travel and different continents as well you've been to asia yeah. you've been to us yeah, yeah i've been to us like two or three times into asia once uh even though like the twins have been there like three times already because of Nations Cup and uh, the one event that I missed. Can't remember which one it was, but yeah. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, but you've been to almost every event. Yeah. Every almost. major event. Yeah, except the one in the US that you had to skip due to uh, something yeah, yeah. As, far, as far as I remember. All right. Yeah. So when there's a LAN event that has an online qualifier, at least that's how it was before, like a year ago. Uh, you would have a, an online qualifier, you qualify. How much time do you have between qualifying and actually attending the land event flying there, typically? Um, it's like, it really depends on the event. I don't think I ever, did I ever actually qualify for an event for the qualifier? Because for example, PGI, we we actually failed the qualifier, but then a team got like kicked because they were cheating, and then we took their spot. Uh, so I can't remember how long that was, but like it it really depends. There's been some events that I don't know about uh, until it's like three or four weeks until we're going there, and mm-hmm. some I've known up to like three months. So it really depends on each event. Uh, but yeah, I actually don't remember if I ever like qualified with our team. Like you also got a, a lot of direct invites, right? Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. a lot of direct invites. But okay. I guess, I mean, yeah, I mean, people, you can debate that or argue that some of these invites were from like results and stuff. Yeah, because I think there were some events where people had like 
a week or two to just prepare and uh, and uh, even booked all the flights and stuff like that yeah so that that yeah, seems pretty rough but you didn't have those experiences so i can't really uh, yeah i don't i don't remember maybe maybe there has been one but i just don't remember it right now yeah but for sure there was one like where it was like three weeks and it was just like go 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 kind of yeah yeah all right so when it comes to booking flights uh who who buys all the flights when you go to a certain event let's say you get invited uh so the way i understand it is that our manager collects flights and he sends them to the tournament organizer mm -hmm. um and i guess some tournament organizers are a little bit more greedy than others so some will say now this direct flight is too much uh mm -hmm. we'll give you a layover flight um and then like the tournament organizer will pay for it but usually it's our manager that finds the tickets um but yeah, there's been there's been some events where people or where the organizer says like, sorry, we can't give you a direct flight. It costs too much. And then like I would have to fly like and have like three or four layovers. Yeah. So yeah, that sucks. Especially where you're from, right? From yeah, from like from, top of Norway. Yeah, which is kind of far away from uh, certain places. But yeah. Um, so do you ever get like business or first class booked? No, never. I no. never had that list. I've never, never flied with uh, like on a long flight with business class or anything. It's always like economy and and yeah. I sometimes, uh, sometimes even like upgrade to. Yeah. But I'm not like I don't upgrade to business, but I like I upgrade to like I don't know like the the prior what are they called like the the, the premium premium yeah. economy or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or to like a seat that has more leg space or something. But do you think it's worth it for like transatlantic flights, for example, to upgrade? Uh, I mean, it depends. Like if you're EB, you have to upgrade. <laughs> yeah. He needs he needs the leg space. I mean, I guess it all depends on how much money you have, to be honest. But it is really really expensive to upgrade for to, for example, business. Yeah, for sure. That's why, that's why I haven't done it because it just for me it doesn't feel like that amount of money would be worth it. Yeah. Yeah, I see. Uh, but how many of you travel to events? You ha you're four players, then you have your uh, coach now, and mm -hmm. your manager. Is that like six people that fly to events these days as a yeah, team? Yeah, it's usually like that. And then sometimes there's other staff from Team Liquid that comes. And also sometimes we have a photographer. So yeah, yeah like between six and nine people. Wow. Yeah, that's that's a lot of people. But does the organizer book for everyone or is it just for the four or five of you and then everyone else I'm just flies pretty sure most organizers just book for four players mm -hmm. depending or depending on the game like they just pay for the players and one extra like a manager or a coach i see uh and maybe some of them pay for all the players and two extra yeah but yeah all right all right uh, good info good info so for the most part almost all organizers these days in PUBG are going to pay for a, at least economy t flights for for the whole team all yeah right. all right so let's talk about so when you arrive at the airport and you got to travel to your hotel is that also covered by the organizers or how does it work yeah yeah most of the time it is or i mean all the time it is um there's been some issues though sometimes uh like most of the times they will set up uh like a, a shuttle or something for you mm -hmm. and like you get these pretty nice shuttles 
like good cars and uh, the drivers are all like dressed up in their suits and they have some water there for you, maybe even chargers inside the cars. Um, and they're usually just waiting for you at the airport with like your name on a sign. Um, but sometimes uh, like I've come to the airport and I guess there's just been some like uh, missing for something and there's nobody waiting there. So I'll have to just grab a, a taxi and just take the receipt and give it to the organizer so they can like pay me back. All right. So there's typically no issues with that. They they co they cover the transport back and forth, I guess. Yeah. So you get in your shuttle, you arrive at the hotel. So how's the hotel typically? Uh it's usually like pretty good. Uh, most of the time it's like four star hotels, I believe. Mm -hmm. Um uh and like the hotels I've had in in Hong Kong was pretty nice and the hotel we had in all of US has been pretty nice. I guess just some of the like European hotels have been not as great mm -hmm. as the other hotels. For example, there was one event at GLL where it was during the heat wave in Sweden and we were, this was season two of GLL, I think. And it was during the heat wave and we had like a hotel without any air conditioning and like, yeah, that it was kind of a cheap hotel to be honest, mm -hmm. but most of the times they are really nice. Yeah, I guess the, these uh, big organizers just kind of improve every year. GLL this year was, uh, I feel like, a lot lot better and oh, yeah. a huge step forward for them. Yeah, for sure. It was way better this year. Yeah. Do you get, like, single or double rooms? or? Um, we have double rooms. So they pay for, like, three rooms, I guess, because it's, like, five to six people they pay for. Mm -hmm. So they pay three rooms. Um, but I know that, like a lot of people want to have like single rooms and i i believe like csgo players have single rooms for example mm -hmm. i guess because there's more money involved um fair enough uh, i guess yeah and i know also like people like to um ask their orgs to have it in their contract that if the tournament organizer doesn't uh pay for single rooms then the org can take care of the rest of the amount of money and pay for single rooms so every player has like their own private space and yeah that is i didn't know that that is very interesting so you're talking about csgo contracts not pubg contracts uh, or yeah both both okay yeah okay that's cool um so when you arrive let's say in the us and you came from uh, eu how do you deal with jet lag um so is it six hours backwards right yeah six, six seven eight even nine yeah yeah so so it's never been a problem for me because i sleep on the plane and then i wake up there and it's earlier so it's just mm -hmm. like waking up and then having a normal day for me mm -hmm. uh but i guess for the people who can't sleep on the plane it's really bad but it's like i don't know i've been, I've been gaming gaming a lot and it's almost like pulling an all-nighter sometimes you just <laughs> <laughs> just gotta stay up and and go to bed at the, like a normal time and not go too early to bed and yeah, yeah. i guess just eat well drink water all that stuff yeah it's, but it's, it's not the worst like what about personally. day two and day three do you feel any effects or you feel normal yeah you feel you can feel a little bit i guess mm -hmm. uh but for me personally not that much I just feel a little bit tired i guess yeah so what about when you go to asia what happens when you uh Go to Hong Kong, for example. It's the other way around. It's it's a lot different, I guess. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, that was different because 
the jet lag kind of screwed us all over when we went to Hong Kong. I actually remember we were doing IRL streams at like 4 a.m. <laughs> in Hong Kong. Because, yeah, our schedule was just flipped around. That's my first time going there. So I guess that's that one is harder for sure. Mm -hmm. It's that's that's way harder. Yeah. And and I guess also when you come like back from the US to like Europe, it's also the same. It's that's when it's actually hard. Uh, but yeah, when we were in Hong Kong, it took like a while to get the, the schedule right. So, I mean, we were there like, I think like four days before the tournament started. So we had a little bit of time to, to get the schedule correct. So yeah, like you just make it work. That's good. I guess have a ex few extra days when you're traveling that far. Yeah. Um. So let's go to my favorite topic and that is food. Tell me, <laughs> tell me about uh, the food on events, like in your experiences of different events. Um, yeah, so most food, food, uh, most events have um, catering, uh, and they usually have just like one hot meal per day. Some have two. I wish there was like a standard to have two, mm -hmm. because like right now in Pro League, for example, we are eating like one hot meal, and then we have like a scrim game. And then we have like five games and uh, like after like game three, I'm really hungry again, pretty much. Yeah. I, I wish there was like a way to have like two hot meals, but it is kind of hard because you're playing five games in a row. But yeah, uh, food is really different from event to event. Um, sometimes it's bad. Sometimes it's good. Even on like some of the events where you have catering, it can be like good one day and then bad the next day. So what would be the best event you've been at? uh when we look at just food um uh, it's actually been a, a lot of good ones uh actually gll season two actually when they had a bad hotel they had really good food i remember <laughs> that <laughs> um they had like kebabs and stuff they had like this this small like um caravan or whatever that like came up there and like he just like gave out these like really nice kebabs and stuff <laughs> so that, that so that was my type of food at least all right. I like that. Works for you. All right. Yeah. Uh, and what about some event where you just had a terrible experience with food? Uh, that was actually in Hong Kong. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, because they didn't serve hot food. <laughs> what did as you? As far as I remember, they they like they were like saying like, hey, we can order you guys McDonald's and stuff if you want to. That was pretty much it. So. Wow. I, I was like, ah, no thanks. I just ate like. I just ate like a big breakfast before I got there and like I was just like eating snacks like bananas and drinking a lot of water and yeah. I'm personally like okay playing on like an empty stomach. So but it was it's worse for other people. So like yeah. It's especially sad because you're in China and the, the food there is insane. So Yeah, it's actually really good food there. Yeah. But I think there was some budget issues and I think the events in Hong Kong had like some Something happened and they weren't like that prepared or something. It was a, a little bit weird. Mm -hmm. But for example, some events have the hotel right next to the venue. Uh, so you eat at the hotel, right? Yeah I, yeah, yeah. I guess that's a huge advantage from the events where the hotel is pretty far away and they have to organize some kind of remote catering. And yeah, exactly. uh, then the food quality suffers, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, Starladder and GLL has done that. Like Starladder in, in Ukraine, in Kiev. It's the same there as in GLL. Mm -hmm. The venue and the hotel is right next to each other. So you eat breakfast there and you eat dinner there. And it's actually pretty nice. 
it's also like not only the food part about it is nice. It's nice that you don't have to like take a, a cab or like a shuttle with certain times to go to the venue. You can just walk there when you feel like it. Mm-hmm. That seems like a huge advantage. For sure. Yeah. 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 Uh, another little detail that I noticed is uh, when I was at GLL, the last one in Stockholm, um, they serve dinner at like 9.30 to 11 p.m. Well, yeah. I feel like that didn't work for a lot of people, right? Yeah, uh, I was actually, the schedule was really late. So this, the dinner was really late. Um, I don't know, for me, it worked out. I was, uh, we had our manager though grabbing us food like in between the games and stuff. So like after game three, I think we ate like some pizza and some, some sandwiches or something. Mm-hmm. But yeah, for me, it was fine that, that the food was late. Like I was, I was still hungry to eat. So I see. All right. All right. So tell me about uh, the schedule. How does a typical schedule when it comes to the, the game day uh, look like for you guys? Um, it's like wake up. Like it's, it's like, um, how can I say it? It's personal preference. Like I feel like if people want to sleep, sleep a lot or if they want to get up early and like go to the gym or whatever it is like let your players like start the day how they want it um so for me i sleep extra long on game days i try to sleep like between nine and ten hours because mm -hmm. i feel like i can i don't know i feel i just feel like more what's the word like when you wake up and you feel refreshed uh, yeah something like that i feel like i have more like focus and i can concentrate better over a long period if i sleep longer mm-hmm so I'll just sleep a little bit longer. I'll wake up and I'll have breakfast. And usually after breakfast, like I'll head to the venue and we'll have like set up the day before most of the time. And uh, we'll play like a few scrim games there and we'll be chilling a little bit backstage and like, yeah, going over like some, maybe some intro stuff and like, and then we just start playing. Mm -hmm. So how long is the actual play time from game one to the last game of the day oh it's like on like a, a normal like on a tournament there's usually delays with the pro league now it's pretty fast but like on another tournament there's usually always like something goes wrong or there's a delay and then it's like i don't know maybe like between four and six hours mm -hmm. depending on the amount of games we play like gll was six games a day so it was like what was it like six and seven hours actually i think and you also had a lunch break or something in the middle yeah exactly yeah the yeah. lunch break what do you think of the breaks between games how long should they be um so for me as a player it depends let's say if i have a good if we have a good game you just feel like going new game instantly you know <laughs> <laughs> makes sense but if you yeah. Yeah, then you're like, oh, we got the momentum, we're feeling good, we just had a great game. It would be nice to just go straight in again. Um, but if you have a bad game, it's honestly nice to have a little bit of a break to just like think about what went wrong and like reset for the next game. But when it comes from like a viewer's perspective, there shouldn't be that long breaks. Um, I don't know how long the breaks are right now in PEL. What are they, like 15, 20 minutes, maybe more? Mm -hmm. uh, they probably should be less so that like people could just like sit down and watch the whole thing and not have to like put half the day to watch the games. Exactly. I, I feel like that's uh, pretty rough, but they did cut the breaks a little bit shorter, yeah, I they, think now. Yeah. So I, I guess that's the separate right direction. All right. Um, yeah. 
Let's talk about the media day. So that is like a day where you do um, some photo shooting, maybe some uh, video, B-roll. Um, how does that typically look? That is before the tournament, of course, a day or two before the tournament. Yeah, it's like a day or two before the tournament, usually. Uh, so that also, like like with everything here, kind of depends on the tournament organizer. Uh, but yeah, like it's always like between like one or three days before the tournament. Uh, they give us like a time where we usually just meet outside the hotel and there's like a shuttle. And then we go to whatever location they want us to go to. And most of them, like they want, they want, they have like a makeup girl or whatever. For, so you, if you want to have makeup, you can have that. I usually say no. Uh, take take makeup on and you take like these normal typical pictures, you know, where you're posing with the, the crossed arms and uh, and all of that. And uh, then there's also like some video content, uh, which can actually be really fun sometimes. So actually, if I if I think about it now, when we did media in Hong Kong, that was that was something else because we drove in this like really like weird like bus almost like the bus that's on miramar you know that, the bank <laughs> bus on miramar yeah, yeah that was literally yeah. that bus we were riding in for like 20 minutes to some like weird location where there was like there were like these old warehouses with mold inside and like we were taking pictures there and there was like these huge dragonflies flying around and i was i was scared as hell from them. <laughs> <laughs> so that was really weird so you that think was really different so you think that media days are are good and uh fun in general yeah yeah they are fun yeah. we like to complain though like oh we have to do this uh, yeah <laughs> i like mean, to complain players like to complain but do you think that they could do something more uh through the media days or do you think this is like kind of enough content outside just gaming i mean they could probably do more i, I think they could do more like like personal stuff mm -hmm. maybe like i know it was planned for like the pro league to like come and like make a video in the team houses and stuff like that would be cool probably to see something like that, but it hasn't happened yet. Like there's definitely more they could do. Um would be there's yeah, there's just there's always more content you could do in my opinion. I like content, so do you think that in PUBG they could do a lot more presenting the personalities of uh, different players and that is and that that is one of the main things that are missing kind of in the pro scene because a lot of players are just, you know, players you don't really know much about them. You can't really learn anything about him, if, even if you want to. Do you think that's a little bit of a problem? Yeah, I think there's there's definitely more like, like what is the correct word I'm looking for? There is definitely like a, a better way of like doing it. Like I know in PL they 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 were saying that they wanted Paula to do more individual interviews to bring out personality and stuff mm -hmm. because they said that's like one of his strengths. Mm -hmm. uh, but he was doing like interviews with with the, the whole team on the couch and then a lot of players were kind of just like mute you know they were just sitting there and like sure you have like the the normal normal outgoing players like i would say like me eb Fussface, like we don't mind the camera like we have we can express ourselves and just be who we are but there's a lot of people who are i guess scared or like yeah. shy so if they could do more like individual interviews maybe that would bring out more yeah um, definitely. for sure they could do that it's one of the goals of the podcast is to uh bring the general public closer to the personalities of uh 
players like yourself but you are yeah. we already this is the second time we're doing a, some sort of an interview but i chose you because again there's really not that many people that were willing to talk yeah. about these things that much and i feel like that is a missed opportunity for for most people because you for sure you, yeah everyone should be treating themselves as a brand and not just you know as a pubg pro player because i mean yeah. it's not a it's not a the longest lasting career okay it lasts for for as, as long as it can but switch to another game and uh, where are you so yeah exactly yeah so i think you're doing a great job because you're like i say you're one of the more forward uh, outspoken guys and i, I really want to commend you on that so that's why that's why you're here thank again you. <laughs> <Thank> you. <laughs> yeah i was i was really shy in the beginning too actually like in the in the start but like it's kind of just like a thing you you gotta get used to it and just try it you know yeah all right so about the pc gear that you carry do you carry all of your peripherals like mouse keyboard or what do you mm. not carry uh i never bring like a computer or a monitor it's mm -hmm. usually my mouse pad my mouse keyboard and in-ears okay because yeah, that's those four things. And also, actually, I started using like a mix amp, so I bring that too. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, most like tournaments, they, they give you the PC, they give you the monitors and even like the, the soundproof headsets with the mics on them. Uh, there's only been like a couple tournaments where we could bring our own headsets uh, and microphones. So, But that probably wasn't the best experience if no. you had to bring your, you know home headsets and not the, the the big ones that they have there yeah um how are the mics on those uh big headsets the soundproof like helicopter headsets <laughs> they are they're actually like they're pretty good the thing is like if they somehow like get too close to your to your mouth they mm -hmm. start sounding like a pilot's microphone in a plane mm -hmm. um and yeah and they're they're also like if they somehow move they usually don't, but if they somehow move while you're playing, they go like under your mouth or too close. So if they go under, you can't hear your teammate at all. <laughs> and then if they go too close, it's just like a a pilot's microphone. It gets really like bad quality. Yeah. So it yeah, has yeah. to be like in a perfect spot, or it's just bad. So it's completely different from just normal uh, headset microphones. It's it's some other technology, I guess. <laughs> Yeah. Um, do you hear any noise? So you have your noise canceling earbuds like these, and then you have noise canceling headphones, but I think you still hear a little bit from the outside, right? Uh, yeah, if somebody's like extremely loud, if somebody like really yells or like slams a table, something like that, you can hear it. Mm -hmm. um, it. It depends what you're doing in game at the same time, because if you're shooting, you can't hear anything. But if Obviously, you're like... Yeah. If you're literally like waiting in a compound for the circle to pop or something, then you can definitely hear if you actually like listen and concentrate about it. You can hear like small talk around you, I guess. You mm -hmm. can't figure out what people are saying, but you can definitely hear that there's people talking. So you mostly just hear voices because that's really not blocked by the noise cancellation, right? Yeah. Yeah. Do you ever hear commentators on, on, on any tournament? uh i think it was i am oakland the first first pubg land i think we could hear hear the casters there um even with the noise canceling headsets on you could still hear it sometimes because like they literally had the screen and the speakers above where we were where we were playing so mm -hmm. 
but that's like the only one I think where I can remember hearing the casters. But does the sound go through uh, the mic or does it go through the headset? Yeah, yeah both actually. I think both? sometimes, yeah. yeah. I guess the mic is the weak point and in, in, in yeah. the whole setup typically. Yeah. All right, so how are the PCs on the venue? Uh, in PL, they're pretty good. Um, they're usually like okay for every event. Um, mm-hmm. But you always have this issue with PUBG and the RAM speed and... Mm-hmm. You want to have like really high RAM speed, like 3002, 3006 usually. Mm-hmm. Um, so right now we have 3002 at PEL because we had 3006, but people were crashing a lot. I remember phase one, 80 crashed so much. Uh, I don't know if that's the reason why they lowered it, but there was a few players crashing a lot. So they lowered Could it from be. 3006 to 3002. Mm-hmm. Um, and PEL is basically... The best one uh we have like um what is it called T- titan gpu titan? yeah 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 and uh we have actually can't remember which cpu we have i like a 9700 k or something yeah something like that it's mm-hmm. it's 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 the best at pl like performance wise it's the best uh when you go to other events so this is what i don't get because what every event says is we always ask them to up the RAM speed and they always have the specs. Like they always have like 4K RAM speed, but they turn it down. And the reason they turn it down is because PUBG Corp tells them to turn it down. Otherwise the game is going to crash on the LAN client. Uh, but that's pretty much what we did at PL, right? We turned it down to 3002. But in all these other events, they don't even go up to 3002. They keep it at like 2006, 2001. Like it's really low on some of these events. Yeah, yeah. So. So I, I don't understand like why PUBG Corp is telling them to lower it that much when we are playing with 3002 at PL. Well, I, I mean, it shouldn't cause issues below 3200, I think. Uh, I mean, at 3200, only above yeah. that, I think, is where it starts crashing for some specs. So they'd they're, they're rather have people play on 20 less FPS than have them crash and ruin a game, you know, and uh, I yeah. guess no one wants to take the risk. That is, yeah, for that sure. is that is the reason. Yeah. Um. All right. So, is there practice rooms on different uh, events you go to? Uh, some, yeah. Some of them have like Face It had it, GLL had it. Um. They're usually pretty cramped though. They're not like as fancy as the CS uh, CSGO practice rooms where you mm-hmm. get like one room each with a table each. It's usually like they try to put like Face It and GLL had like these really small tables. And they try to just put like two players per table or something. I, I mean, it works for some people, but for me it doesn't because I just I use too much space with my mouse. Yeah, you have like a giant uh, <laughs> mouse yeah. pad, so my, it's my low sensitivity. So I have to like swing my mouse a lot, like yeah. left and right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, not every event has it. But lately, there's been more and more events having it. So maybe it's something they're working on. But do you think that is an advantage if you have a practice room, no, no matter how big or small it is, at least that there's something. Yeah, as long as you can practice yeah, and play a little bit, mm-hmm. that's, that's important for sure. Yeah. What about playing online client versus playing online? How's the LAN experience in PUBG? Oh, I, I've, I've said it so many times. I I wish that like casual players would get to like feel how it is to play on the LAN client because it's, it's just it's just it's PUBG, but it's just so much better. Mm-hmm. Like you can just feel it when you're spraying, especially when you're spraying. 
your shots connect so much and yeah like i feel like i shoot people out of cars all the time on land client but i can't do it online mm-hmm. um it's just way better um it can still be laggy in comp games when there's like a lot of people alive a lot of cars and stuff happening uh but it's not nearly as bad as online client so like i, I just wish people would get to feel how land client is it's really great to play on yeah i had when I was in Germany on Gamescom, we were playing the ESL German Championship, and that is the only tournament that I play on the LAN client, I think. And it was it was freaking amazing. It really was, even back yeah. then. But you guys always play a few patches back, correct? Oh yeah, we do. Yeah. So, uh, what do you have online that you don't have on the LAN client right now? Uh, we don't have the new maps. Uh, but they gave us uh, ledge grabbing, mm-hmm. uh, but we're still playing on the old weapons, so the SMGs aren't as strong yet. I see. At least I believe they aren't, because the scar is still good and it's mm-hmm. pretty bad online. Uh, so yeah, yeah, I'm like 99% sure the SMGs aren't buffed yet. I see. Because nobody is playing them. Um, so yeah, we have vault vault grabbing still on land client because they added that. Uh, we don't have the new maps. We don't have the ability to turn off the engine. So that's like my muscle memory right now is really bad because I'm playing <laughs> online. I'm constantly turning off the engine and rolling on people. Yeah. And then I'm trying to do it all the time when I'm <laughs> playing on land too. Yeah. It's weird. It's dangerous to play uh, the game right now outside just. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> so. But yeah, it's the big part is just the maps, right? That's basically like the. Yeah. Tell me about between the games the the little pause you have like 10 to 15 minutes what happens in between two games uh for us it's like a small discussion like what went wrong or or even sometimes if we all all feel like it was just like a stupid mistake we don't even talk about it we try to just focus on going next uh we usually get up walk out of our booth uh grab a snack grab some water maybe go outside get fresh air uh and we also look at the the Otter, which is like the platform to check the replays. Mm-hmm. It's called Otter, Otter Productions or something. Mm-hmm. I think every every team in the Pro League uses it. Just like a replay tool. Uh, so we watch the games back there and like we can see that like, oh, uh, Navi dropped differently with this plane than with this one, for example. So we know that every time we see a plane path, we know kind of where people are going to go unless they do something drastic. So yeah. All right. Uh, do you have like a uh, where does that happen? Is there like a player lounge or? Oh yeah, yeah, it happens in like the player lounge. Yeah, mm-hmm. the player the player lounges are usually just like area with like some tables, some couches and TVs, chairs. Usually pretty pretty decent areas. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's there's snacks there and like there's a fridge with some water and there's free sodas and like some energy drinks I believe as well. There's there's tea. There's like lollipops. There is. <laughs> Yeah, you know, there's... So it's pretty nice. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. So and that's where we watch them. The next question is maybe uh, a bit hard to answer, but what do you think is the minimum prize pool required for the for land tournament uh, for you guys or all the professional teams to attend that event? What do you think would be the total prize pool that would be required? Um... I think like 100, 150k. I haven't seen one under it. So I don't know if there's a reason why there hasn't been any lower than that. But I guess that's that's like a f- okay prize pool. If you win, at least you get good money. Mm-hmm. Um, 
obviously it's like nothing close to like a major or anything like PGI in Berlin. Um, but I think that's like an okay amount of money mm-hmm. to play for. Yeah. But some other games don't ever see that kind of uh, prize pool. But in yeah, PUBG, it seems like uh, even the smaller like land events have a pretty decent prize pool. But that I guess that comes in with having so many teams in the finals. Like, Yeah, for sure. That yeah, has to so do much. something to uh, deal with that. Yeah. What is the best LAN experience that you ever had, considering all of these things? Um, honestly, even even though people give Starter a lot of like uh, a lot of like hate or what you want to call it, a lot of uh, criticism, mm-hmm. <laughs> I think Starter has had like the best lands for me. It's just all around like it's pretty good, like hotels, food, travel, uh, PCs. The venue is close. Like I said, it's next to the hotel. Um, there's been practice rooms. Uh, yeah, like Stardutter in in Kiev was been pretty good. I always said it was one of my favorite lands because mm-hmm. it kind of just had the whole package. Yeah, very cool. Uh, I, I guess they're very experienced too. It's just that sometimes uh, certain things like the spectators and I don't know what they they yeah. don't get it perfectly but uh they got a lot of other things going for themselves it seems yeah uh what Not about sure. the what about the worst land experience uh i guess like maybe it was my first land in oakland or it could be i actually I, I even though hong kong like the food and everything was bad i really enjoyed hong kong so i can't say that mm-hmm. must have been like oakland probably the first one we went to um even though like right then and there, I, I really liked it because it was my first one, obviously. I hadn't seen anything like it. When I think back to it now, it was like pretty bad food and it was really cold where we were playing. I never have cold hands. Like I thought it was like after Oakland, I thought like I needed to bring like hand warmers for every event. <laughs> but it was only Oakland that was cold. They had these uh, ACs running and they also had like fans right on us. So uh, it was just really, really cold. And uh, the food there was like really bad as well. They gave us some sandwiches or something in between the games. Um, the venue was like not too far away from the hotel, but you had to take like a, was it like 15, 20 minutes with a bus? Uh, so it's it's not really like, it's not really like a bad land at all, but it was just like probably the worst one out of all the ones I've been to. Mm-hmm. Um, before we go to some other topics, uh, one more question that I got from my subs was how do they deal with security when it comes to cheating? Uh, what do the organizers do to prevent cheating on land events? Um, so it's always been depending as well on the tournament organizers. Uh, one thing though is that you always drop your phones in these boxes uh, and like you can't use your phones, for example. Um, what if you have two phones? Exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nobody checks for that. You don't get like <laughs> you don't get body checked. Like nobody checks your pockets. There, there is just so much more that could be better when it comes to like security. Just so much more. Um, but yeah, like, like I have a I have a extra set of keyboard and mouse at home because I have to leave mine over there uh, because they say they're testing them, but I've never. 
like I don't know if they actually test them or if they just say that they do it. <laughs> so I've never like I've never like walked in and seen admins like checking the gear or anything. So I don't know. So you're saying that they don't really do anything special when it comes to the the security? Nah, not in my opinion, at least. But even you... yeah, go I think ahead. it was even in was it day one of. Uh, of this phase of PEL, we had in, we had even had internet connection on our PCs, mm -hmm. so you could you could literally like go on, on online and like just download something if you wanted to. Yeah. Well, I guess there's a lot of trust going on in, in the PUBG community. There have been some some people getting banned and stuff, but no one was caught cheating or suspected cheating on the LAN event yet. So. I yeah. guess that that's part of it. But if you if you had more security, would that be a bit too much of a hassle? I go go anywhere. You need to go through some uh, security. Nah, I don't think so. I think yeah. it would just be like it would be like a comforting thing to be honest. Like I don't suspect anyone, but the thing is, you never know. Yeah. If people are cheating, like like I've said it, like it would be really easy for people to cheat because they don't have, for example, they don't have one admin per booth. For example, at Starladder. So there's not always somebody watching what you're doing. So mm -hmm. if somebody just brings a USB with like a like a file down, like literally just puts like a a cheat on it and just stick it in their PC and copy copies it over on the computer, it's there, you know. Yeah, I guess that really needs improvement then. Yeah. All right, let's go but to. You never know, really. It's just it's scary. Yeah. Let's go to some uh, more happier topics. Uh, tell me about the fan meetups that you have uh, on certain events. Uh, so Hong Kong was like the biggest one for us. There was a lot of people waiting for us. Mm -hmm. um, but they're also like, they're also, <laughs> we were going to go over to happy things. But it's also kind of scary because uh, it's very like badly organized. It's not like you have like anyone like like if these people wanted to they could have, they could have like stabbed you or like anything <laughs> you know come on you never James. know like yeah just i'm just saying like there's there was like hundreds of people swarming us in pgi like i was stuck in a crowd of like hundreds of people i couldn't like get out or anything <laughs> everyone's just pushing themselves up and like sign this and take pictures and like it's just scary because i feel like it it should be like you have like a table at least where you can sign stuff and there's a queue this. and yeah yeah exactly it's a little bit just organized at least because mm -hmm. it's like of course when i when i made an example about stabbing that's like worst case scenario <laughs> but, <laughs> but but you never know it's it's i've thought about it it's scary that you don't know what any of these people are are like carrying and stuff so yeah maybe what, you piss somebody off if you ban them from your twitch channel <laughs> i don't know yeah but what I've seen on some streamer events, they have like time slots that streamers can book for their meetups and they have special rooms. You Do you ever get that on uh, events? Uh, I think it was a PGI Leicester, mm -hmm. uh, the qualifier for Berlin. We got like a, it wasn't even a room. <laughs> it was just on top of like a staircase. Uh, <laughs> and they gave us like, they gave us a lot of paper, like just like, like a stack of paper and some, what's it called? Some markers. Yeah. So like, apparently we we're just supposed to write our names on the papers and hand it out to people, which is kind of weird. <laughs> I feel like, I feel like if they want us to sign anything, they bring it to us. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess that was an attempt, but surely, uh, another thing that they could do in the future is just offer some kind of 
room and make make people get in a queue and uh do the signing the photo shoots and whatever yeah. people want just a bit more organized and i i guess that has to be on the organizer's part to, to yeah. organize that yeah like we don't even get like tables to sign stuff so when you sign stuff it's it's hard to sign stuff when you don't have a table <laughs> so on these events you hang out with a lot of different players do you think that that is a very important part of uh land tournaments in general uh i don't know if it's an important part because there's a lot of people who, who don't socialize but mm -hmm. i do at least I, I think it's it's nice to like just get to know people and uh and make friends and yeah it's, it's fun yeah well uh, what about the after parties do you have after parties at the tournament uh yeah there's after parties pretty much every every tournament um there's some really good ones as well like uh, the pgi in berlin was a pretty good after party it was like on a river with like a a raft it was like on like a raft or something mm -hmm. um it was pretty fancy yeah so that like that face it was great uh face it was on the on the on the boat oh yeah it was the boat yeah it was pretty yeah. good too yeah yeah yeah, yeah. pretty interesting. yeah i love when they when they like they have these like sliders the small hamburgers that they're just like handing out yeah, like yeah, this, yeah. these type of foods i really like that on the after party <laughs> you you hit the nail on the head yeah i had like five of those yeah <laughs> All right, I think we uh, have gone over a lot of different topics. I'd like to thank you for uh, joining me today. No, thank you for having me. It was fun. All right, make sure to follow Jeems on Twitch TV slash Jeems. And if you enjoy the show, subscribe and rate the podcast. If you leave a review, um, more people will come and watch the podcast. So that is great. And this is a little thing you can do that really helps a lot. Also, visit our site on spreezy.com where you can find all info about the podcast and the stream and also subscribe to the newsletter for behind the scenes info and also a little bit of my personal thoughts on uh, the topics that you see in the podcast. See you in the next one.